a series called Run Toward the Fight, and I hope you've been enjoying the series. Pastor started it off at the beginning of the month, and, and I'm kind of tailing it up and bringing it to a conclusion. But before we go, before we start, let's pray for our pastors, and let's get ready to receive the message today. Father, we thank you today for the privilege we have to come into your presence. So good to be in this place, worshiping, singing those songs, experiencing your love and your presence. And Lord, we just thank you today that you have a plan for us, each and every one here today. We pray for our pastors. Thank you for Pastor Jonathan and Miss Verna, their families. Thank you, Father, for watching over them, protecting them while they're away. Give them refreshment, strengthen them, encourage them, Father. Give them whatever they need and bring them back safely to us. We thank you for the gift they are to us. Lord, we're so, so blessed to have pastors like them, and we thank you for them today. And Lord, we just thank you for this place we're in right now. We're in a place where we're ready to receive the uncompromised Word of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live big on the inside of us. Touch our eyes that we might see. Touch our ears that we might hear. Touch our heart that we might be swift to comprehend and to apply the Word of God to our lives. Lord, we're so grateful. We're so thankful for who you are. Thank you for ministering to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, this is uh, week four of our series, Running Toward the Fight. And uh, I'm going to be talking about, uh, our, we're on week, week four. Did I say that? Yeah, we, we're on week four. And uh, we're going to be talking about taking our stand today. Last week, we talked about our seated position in Christ, that God has raised us up together with Christ. We're seated at God's right hand, and we're in a, in a position of rest. And we found that the secret to winning battles is finding rest in God. And aren't you glad you have a relationship with your Heavenly Father where you can just sit up on His lap and take in all of His love, His compassion for you, revelation from the Word of God. You can just sit, rest, pray, experience God's presence. Amen. And so we found that our, our relationship with God is one of a position of rest, a seated position. You're today now in a seated position. You're getting ready to receive the Word of God. You're taking in. You're participating. You're in a seated position. That speaks of our rest in God. That's where we get filled up. That's where we get our tank full. Amen? That's where we get our strength, our vision, our perspective from God. It's so important that every day we find that place of rest in our life. Well, today we're going to talk about our standing position because we have an enemy. Hello? An unseen opponent who has no good intentions toward us. And so we need to, to make our stand. We need to take a standing position. We're going to talk about that this morning. So I'd like to start off with what Paul was instructing his spiritual son, Timothy. We've read this scripture last time, and it says, fight the good fight of faith. Now, why is it a good fight? Tell me. It's a good fight because we win. It's a good fight because God is working behind the scenes to perform a breakthrough on your behalf. It's a good fight because when you see no way out, God makes a way out. It's a good fight because there's a turnaround for you. Amen. It's a good fight, amen, because we win. God's on our side. Aren't you glad God's on our side today? Amen. And so Paul tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, that which belongs to us, to which you are called, and have professed a good profession. That word professed and profession simply means you have confessed a good confession. That's what the good fight is all about. To fight the good fight means you take your stand and you 
confess a good confession over yourself, over your loved ones, your family, your marriage, your business, your, your career, your future, everything about you, your circumstances that are around you. When you're fighting the good fight of faith, you're making a confession, a good confession. Amen? And so I want to, again, lead you in a simple confession based on four scriptures in the New Testament. And this needs to become a habit with us every day throughout the day. Amen? Amen. You ready to make a good confession over yourself? Say this after me. I can can. do all things things through Christ Christ who strengthens me. me. Greater Greater is he he who is in me me. than he he who is in the world. If God, if God before me, before me who, who can stand against me? In all things, in every situation, in the test, in the trial, in the pressure cooker, I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror through Him who loves me. Thanks be to God who always always causes me me to win. win. How's that make you feel? It it empowers you, doesn't it? It makes you feel like you're the, the king on top of the hill. That's very important that we maintain a good confession every day. When you wake up, make a good confession over your life. When you jump into the shower... Good time to make a confession over all those problems that are staring you in the face. When you're driving through traffic, good time to make a good confession over your life and your circumstances. When you're about to have a conflict with your boss, that's a good time to make a a good confession over your life. When you're in a situation and you don't know what exactly needs to happen, it's a good time to make a good confession over your life. Fight the good fight of faith confess a good confession. How many know our mouth gets us in trouble? It sure does. When we talk about the problem, when we're venting, when just negative things are coming out of our mouth because our emotions have gotten hold of us, guess what? We're in trouble. But you have life and death and the power of your tongue. You have the ability to confess God's word over yourself your emotions, your thought life, the circumstances around you. And what it does, it empowers you. It creates a, a whole new perspective. It, 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 it gives you a positive expectation that though there are difficult circumstances facing you, you have the God who saved you in your corner, working behind the scenes to facilitate a breakthrough on your behalf. Someone say amen to that. But here's the thing. There's another key to you winning your fight. Last week, we found out the key was finding our rest in God. This week, there's another key. Is there another key? Yeah, there's another key to winning battles. And the key I'm going to share with you today is perseverance. The key to winning your fight, the good fight, is persevering. In other words, we fight until we win. And when we win, we stand for another day when a fight will come. And we'll fight again till we win. And when we win another battle, we'll look for someone else who's in the ring and say, I'm coming to join you. I'm going to fight with you. 
Aren't you glad you're a company of believers of like precious faith and we all deal with the same thing so we can all get in each other's corner and says, come on, don't you, don't you bow. You make sure you stand. I'll stand with you. I'll get in agreement with you. I'll pray with you. I'll confess God's word with you. Amen. Aren't you glad you're part of a company of believers of like precious faith? Amen. We all deal with the same thing. We can get in each other's corner and encourage each other to stay in the ring and fight. Fight until we win. Perseverance. You know, it's not a word that we shout about because it, it, it means difficulty. It means applying oneself. It means exerting oneself. But we have to persevere. Just like it's important that we're resting every day, that speaks of our relationship with God. We need to be standing every day. We need to persevere every day. So when you read the book of Ephesians, you find three positions in the Christian life. This is our journey. This is, describes our walk with God. The first one is our seated position, resting in God. We found that in Ephesians chapter 1. Our second position is a walking position. You can read in Ephesians chapter 3, 4, and 5. It talks about renewing the mind. It talks about walking in love. How many know you need to walk in love? You tap that shoulder say, you need to walk in love. You need to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. You need to walk in light. You're children of light. You need to walk in the wisdom of God. You need to walk in good works, meaning your life needs to be filled with good works, service, serving one another. It talks about uh, these things where Change is happening with the way we think, in our habits, in our relationships. How many know walking is, is a progression, isn't it? We're walking things out. Are you walking things out in your relationship with God, in your relationship with others? Amen? And so there's a walking position. That's where we're applying Scripture to our thought life, our attitudes, our habits, and all of our relationship. We're declaring God's Word is supreme in our life, Right? And then we come to the standing position, which speaks of perseverance. Now, Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're going to camp out today. Ephesians chapter 6 describes this position of standing as persevering, persevering. So let's go over to Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10 to 13. And let's read what Paul says here in verse 10. He said, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might. First off, God commands us to be strong. He wouldn't tell you to be strong if you didn't have the strength to stand. You have the strength to stand in the power of His might and ability. You draw strength from your relationship with God. Isn't that true? When you pray, when you worship, when you spend time alone with God, when you get in that secret place, in that quiet place, and God is ministering to you, you are empowered. You are strengthened. So God says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Stand against. Well, what are we standing against? We're standing against the schemes of of the devil. Notice verse 12, for our fight is not against flesh and blood. The person next to you is not your problem. Your spouse is not your problem. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. But against what? Unseen forces. Look at the unseen forces that are going on. If you don't think our world has problems, you got your head in the sand. There are unseen forces that are creating havoc in nations and the world around us. 
What are these unseen forces? But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is talking about the unseen realm that you and I live there. Amen. We live there. Amen. Verse 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to what? Resist in the evil day, and having, un, having done all, to what? Stand. So this word stand and this word resist comes from the, the Greek word histemi. Histemi. It's where we get the word histamine. Now, did you ever notice? I, I'll just tell on me. If I ever go into someone's house that has cats, immediately there's a response in my physical body. I start getting ah, itchy throat. I start getting itchy ears. I start tearing up. Something is happening in my physical body. It's called histamine. Your immune system creates this chemical called histamine, and that histamine is designed to drive out allergens. These allergens are foreign invaders that try to come into your body, and your body is always in a defensive posture to stand against any foreign invader that would try to come in through your lungs, your eyes. Amen? And so think about that. The human body is always in a position to stand against something. And that's what the word stand means. That's the, what the word resist means. It also means withstand. And it's that Greek word histemi. It means to stand. And it, it implies to me, it implies when you look at the human body, that we are to stand 24 and 7. Tap somebody, say 24-7, man. You're on call. Every single day we are to stand our ground. Be strong in the Lord. That's a command from God. In the power of His might, stand against the schemes. Now, the devil has schemes. The word schemes means methods. He has a mode of operation, and he hasn't changed his tactics. Jesus described the devil, your opponent, as a thief and a liar. He said the thief does not come except to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give you what? Life and life more abundantly. Amen? He's a, he's a liar and he's a murderer. Jesus said this about the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. And he does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of liars. Jesus called the devil liar, liar, liar. You ever have to do that when you were little kids? Liar, liar, liar. Your pants are on fire. Your mouth is as big as a telephone wire. You used to say that all the time. Jesus called a spade for what it is. The devil is a spade. He's your opponent. He's a liar. Anytime you get thoughts in your mind that contradict the Word of God, you know they're not coming from your father. They're coming from your spiritual opponent, your adversary, Satan, the devil. Amen. And so when those accusi uh, accusatory thoughts come, when those thoughts of guilt and condemnation come, you need to say, that's a lie, that's a lie, and that's a lie. You need to point it out for what it is. That's what Jesus did. 
And when those lies come into your thought life, you should be in a posture of standing against the lies and the deception the devil wants to bring into your life. He tries to bring deception into our life by getting us looking at other people's experiences or our own emotions, perhaps an offense or something that we're dealing with, we're struggling with in our own emotions, guilt, condemnation, anger, resentment, all those things. The devil will use those things to deceive you into believing a lie. And if, you, if he gets you to that place where you are believing a lie, he has you captive. And he can begin to do what he wants in your life, which is to what? Steal, to rob, to kill, and destroy. Are you with me? And so we need to recognize, just as it is important for us every day to find our position of rest in God, we need to recognize that every day we need to stand against temptation. We need to stand against sin. We need to stand against evil thoughts. We need to stand against not just the temptation that comes within us from our own flesh, but we need to stand against the tests and the trials that come against us from the outside. Are you with me? So this standing is a defensive posture against evil, sin, temptation, test, and trial. And wouldn't it be nice not to have temptation, test, and trial, and, and sin? Wouldn't it be nice? Give me a break. Can I just sit back and have my you know, pina colada and enjoy, you know, or my, te- you know, my tea? Can I just? No, you need to stand your ground. Amen. 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 We're always on call 24-7 to stand. This word resist means to resist against the pressure the devil puts on your thought life. All temptation is the same. It's pressure. It's pressure. Amen. Yeah. Pressure to compromise. Pressure to turn away from what God told you to do. Pressure to not yield to the Holy Spirit and follow the promptings He has in your life. But the Bible says we are to submit to God. That's where we receive our strength. And then it says to resist the devil, right? And he will what? He will flee from you. Unfortunately, there are lots of Christians who are fleeing from problems fleeing from their adversary. They're not making their stand. The devil says, boo, and they run. But we're not to run from our opponent. We're to stand and to resist him so that he flees. The one's translation says, flees in terror. Amen. Ephesians 6, 13. Let's look at that verse again from the Amplified Version. And it says, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 from the Amplified Praise the Lord. I think it's the next, 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 there we go. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day. The evil day comes to all of us, okay? And having done all the crisis demands, you need to rise up to the level and fight, it says here. Having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. A firm stance. You're not going to be pushed around. You know the devil's a bully. You're not going to be. I'll never forget when I was in. This just came to me. When, when I just. I think it was middle school years. Middle, middle school years. Dale Street School. I can remember the place when I was being picked on by a bully. Hello? Now, my experience was I was the shortest runt in my class. 
I was skinny and small and an easy target for a bully to come pick on. All right. But I had to make my stand because if, if I didn't make a stand, he would continue to bully me. And so I made a, my stand and I swung at him as hard as I could. And that stopped that from going, now I'm not an advocate of violence, you understand, but I had to take my stand. And the devil is a bully. He will push you and push you and push you. And if you don't talk back with your good confession, he will continue to dominate you and oppress you and get you to the place where you think, oh, there's no hope. I'm in despair. God's never going to work in my behalf. I'm stuck. No, the Bible says, having done all the crisis demands, stand firmly in your place. You know, you got your feet, you know, your quads are engaged, your muscles are engaged, you're ready to stand your ground. That's what God is requiring us to do. How many know that standing for a long time is going to take some perseverance? Perseverance. But the more you stand, here's the thing about, you know, standing, the stronger you become. The only way to build perseverance and stamina and stability in your life is to keep on standing. 24 and 7. It's in that process that God strengthens you and you become a hardened soldier. You become ready for battle. You get to the place of, come on, make my day. Kind of like the Matrix, you know? I love that scene in the Matrix toward the end of the show and he goes, and you know what happens after that? Total, perfect domination. That's what God wants to do through your life. He wants to make you the dominator. Amen? And so let's read on here in Ephesians chapter 6 and see how God equips us here to win the battle. He says in verse 14, Stand therefore, having your waist girded with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. That's the gospel, the good news of peace. Verse 16, And having above all taking the shield of what? Faith. Faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the fiery arrows. What are those fiery arrows? Those are the thoughts that he sends your way of the evil one. And then take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Notice all of this equipment is simply a revelation of what you possess with your relationship with Christ. Amen? Jesus, What did Jesus say about truth? He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you free. What do you know about righteousness? Well, I love the Old Testament scripture that says, In righteousness you shall be established, and fear and oppression shall be far from you. Jesus fulfilled that for us by becoming sin for us on the cross, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Therefore, fear and oppression shall be far from us. Amen. Amen. What about peace? When you read the New Testament, every letter begins with grace and peace. We saw that last week. Favor, peace. What is peace? God makes us whole. God makes us one with Him. We're no longer broken. You don't need fixing. Jesus fixed you when you accepted Him into your life. You are now whole. You are now one with God. You have peace with Him. He's on your side. 
Amen. Doesn't that give you such a confidence when you face life? Amen. You have peace. And then this faith shield, you know, the Roman army, when they had these faith shields, they covered them with hide skin that was soaked in water. So when those fiery darts came hitting those, they would be quenched by the, by that wet shield. And your faith is a shield to all those thoughts that come against your life. Salvation speaks of what? Deliverance. God is your defense. He will save you from evil. He will deliver you out of trial. Now, when you think about all these things that God has placed in our life, it's a revelation of what you possess in God. And when you know who you are and whose you are, you are now clothed in His armor. It's essentially, it's like putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? When you face your battle, it's not you facing the enemy. The enemy doesn't see you when you got your armor on. The enemy sees the resurrected Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And then he says the Word of God. What is the Word of God? The Word of God here in the Greek is rhema. And it speaks of the spoken Word. This sword of the Spirit that God has given you is the revelation of His Word to you from the Holy Spirit that you put in your mouth and you speak it over your life and over your circumstances. God's given you everything that you need to stand your ground and to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. This metaphor of of armor is really talking about what you're receiving in that seated position of rest. The more you feed on the Word of God, the more you realize who you are. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. If God be for me, who can be against me? Right? We made those confessions this morning. You have a revelation of the gospel, and you have armor covering you. I like when one scripture in Romans talks about the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us take off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Again, in verse 14, Paul says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. So when you're putting on your armor, basically you're, 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 you're coming out of your private time, your alone time, your prayer time, your, your feeding time, and you're dressed for battle. You're dressed to win. You know who you are. You know who's in your corner. You've got a revelation from heaven. Can I hear an Amen. And so with that revelation, we take an active stand. We put on our armor, and we take the sword of the Spirit. And as, as Pastor said in week two, we, we give our confession. We confess the Word of God over our situation, over our household, over our finances, over adverse circumstances. And then notice here in verse uh, 18, this is really key. This is how you stand. First, you take the sword of the Spirit and you speak God's Word out of your mouth. Amen? Amen. Secondly, what's Ephesians 6.18 tell us? Pray in the Spirit always. Pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayer and supplication. So this is describing how to pray. First off, we pray in the Spirit. We're going to find out what that means in just a minute. Then we pray with all manner of prayer. The Greek word proskunos, it means to have a place of worship or a place of prayer or a place of surrender or a place of praise. There's all kinds of prayers that we can pray. And then supplication is another form of prayer. 
praying prayers of petition or prayer of faith for a specific need. This is how we take our stand. We pray. We pray. We pray. We don't stand and, and wait for something and twiddle our thumbs. No, we engage our opponent through prayer. So what is praying in the Spirit? Paul says, pray in the Spirit always. Well, he defines that for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's go over there and see what it says. Paul defines it here in verse 14. If I pray in an unknown tongue, notice what he says, my spirit, the real part of you, prays. If I pray in an unknown tongue, that's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit where you receive your own personal prayer language. When you pray in your personal prayer language, you're praying in tongues, you're praying in the Spirit. Your spirit man is praying. So he says, well, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. What is that? Praying in tongues. And I will pray with what? My understanding. How do you pray? Now, this is not venting here. This is not complaining. This is not talking to God about the problem. This is talking to God about the answer He's giving you. This is about declaring God's Word out of your mouth. So he says, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, pray in tongues. I will pray with the understanding, pray God's Word. I will sing with the Spirit. You can bless God, worship God, give God praise in tongues. And I will sing with my understanding. Amen. That's battle. That equips you. It's twofold. What it does, it builds you up and it defeats your opponent at the same time. Pray in the Spirit always with all kinds of prayer and supplication. I have found that the Holy Spirit will help you to pray the right prayer at the right time in the right given situation. I have found over the years that the Holy Spirit will alert me when to pray. He will alert me to the need to pray. It's like he sees something down the road coming my way to harm me or to bring hurt to me and my family. And he, because he loves me, will alert me in advance. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He alerts us of things which are to come. And it could be evil things that the enemy is trying to bring into our life. Can you say amen? And so as I'm yielding myself to the Holy Spirit, he might have me pray in the Spirit. He might have me pray with my understanding. He might give me a scripture verse to pray out. Whatever the case might be, I need to be responsive to the Holy Spirit when He says pray. Amen. That means 24-7 I need to be in a position of standing. That means I'm always alert. The antennas are always up. Amen. Because you know the scripture says the devil seeks whom he may devour. So he's always roaming, always looking waiting to pounce on me, on you. And so we need to be alert 24-7 in a standing position. And when the Holy Spirit says pray, you pray. You know, have you ever done, you know, the Holy Spirit prompts you to pray and say, ah, I think I'll go to the refrigerator and get something, chocolate cake or something, or Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And, you know, you just got that nagging on the inside and you get restless and it's like, oh, just start cleaning the house. Now, don't look at me that way. You, you've been just as guilty as I have when the Holy Spirit starts prompting you to pray, but He's trying to prepare us for something. He's trying to prepare us for the evil day. So when that day comes upon us, we're firmly planted. We're ready to stand against the devil's schemes. Can you say amen? amen. 
And so we find this scenario. Paul describes it in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 to 28. This is very interesting. He's describing the Holy Spirit's ministry to us, especially as it relates to prayer. He says, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weaknesses. Amplified says our limitations. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit Himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf. With what? Now pay attention to this. With unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. Now if you read that chapter... Paul talks about all of creation is groaning and travailing. This word groaning means to sigh. Have you ever been in such a predicament? You just like, you feel like you're oppressed and you just go, Ugh. you ever been there? Or parents, maybe you've been there with your kids. You're just like, Ugh. right? That's a sigh, a groaning, right? You read in that chapter, the Bible says that all of creation is groaning, waiting for Jesus Christ to come back to the earth and remove the curse off the earth. The Bible also says that we as believers, we also groan over something. It's the fact that we have to deal with temptation. We have to deal with sin. We have to deal with Christian suffering. You know, Christians do suffer today. Yeah. We deal with all these things and, and we get that sign, that groaning. Oh, man, I can't wait till Jesus comes back. Can you wait till Jesus comes back? I don't know about you. I can't wait till he comes back. I'm longing. I'm yearning. I'm desiring for the soon coming to, of Jesus to come back. Because when he comes back, life is all going to get better. I mean, it can get better now, but it's going to get even better, better. Are you with me? And so creation is groaning. Christians groan for the return of Christ, and in the same manner, the Holy Spirit is groaning and yearning, yearning and sighing. That's how He communicates to you that it's time to pray. Listen, when you pick up on the witness of the Holy Spirit, back up in this chapter again, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. This happens in that position of rest. When you're feeding on the Word of God and you're spending time with God, the Holy Spirit bears witness to you. He starts comforting you. He starts giving you peace. You read that scripture, man, you sense the peace of God, and He's reassuring what you know to be true about your life and about your future. The Holy Spirit is just pouring on His love and peace and His presence and comfort. Isn't it wonderful to, to have that? Right? You know the Holy Spirit's in you. And then there's other times in your life where you sin. You sin when your thought life, you, you sin with your mouth, you sin with your actions. And what happens on the inside? You feel the grieving of the Holy Spirit. You sadden Him. He's grieved over those actions. That's, that's what leads you back to repentance, right? When you feel that grief and sorrow, man, I missed it. Lord, I'm sorry you turned back to God, right? That grief. So the Holy Spirit, He bears witness with peace. He can also communicate to you by being grieved. And then this third thing, He also communicates to us by putting those yearnings, those signs that are too deep for utterance. They can't be explained. But you know what it's like. When trouble is approaching your household and you get this agitation in your heart or this heaviness or what I call a burden to pray. 
That's the time to pick up your sword of the Spirit and start speaking God's Word over your situation. And if you don't know what to say, you start praying in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is now taking your case and bringing that prayer as the perfect prayer before your Father. And what happens next? Watch this, verse 27. He who searches the heart of men knows what is the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints. That's you and I. We found that out last week, right? According to and in harmony with the will of God. So when you pray, the Holy Spirit prays. He's not your doer. He's your helper, right? When you pray, the Holy Spirit prays, and then watch what happens when the Holy Spirit takes hold together with you against your infirmities, your weaknesses, your inabilities. He begins to orchestrate God's plan. I love this verse, but you can't separate this verse from the previous two. You've got to be praying so the Holy Spirit takes up your case, and then He can do something. What does He do? Verse 28, we are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor as we're laboring in prayer, all things, come on, say it with me, all things work together. All things work together. That even means He'll take all the evil things and turn it around. All things work together and are fitting into a plan for good. Amen. To and for those who love God. That's me. Come on, raise your hand and say, that's me. I love God. Say, I love God. I'm a call to His purpose. He's got a plan for me. We're called according to His design and purpose. And let me tell you, His design and purpose for you is to have perfect, complete, and total domination over your opponent. To bring you into that place where you win the fight. Amen? Hallelujah. Think about this. When you're praying... There's been times in prayer where I've had that yearning and longing go on for days and weeks. It's like every time you get quiet, there it is again. Oh, I got to pray again. You got to pray again. You got to take your stand. Sometimes there's a season of transition in your life where you got to pray on through until you get to a place of peace. But there's been many times where I've prayed and it, it seemed like, man, it, it was a seesaw battle going back and forth. But then all of a sudden, at some point, in standing my ground, there came a place of peace. You know, the best way I could describe it is like you're on a ship out in a storm, like the perfect storm, and you're going up and down and up and down, seeing those waves crest and hit over the bow of that ship. But at some point in time, you make it into the harbor and the waves subside and you have peace. Now you can hear. Now you have instructions. Now you have perspective. Amen. But you have to pray until you get to that place of peace. Amen. Standing means praying. Standing means praising. Standing means getting on your knees and worshiping God and surrendering your future, your problem to Him. Standing means praying the prayer of faith for that specific situation that you need. Amen. Praying, uh, standing means praying prayers of petition, petitioning God presenting the need before Him. Amen. Are you praying? The Bible says again in Ephesians 6, 18, 
Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit. You can do that every day. Praying in the Spirit is just so easy. God made it easy for us that even a child could do it. You wake up and you're showering, you know, you just, you're washing, you're ironing your shirts. You're getting in your car. Put on your GPS. You know, the devil's roaming around trying to defeat you. And you're just. Amen. You're praying in the spirit always. You're, you're in a constant state of alert. Hallelujah. Even when you have that nagging feeling, that burden, sense of danger. Alertness. I'll never forget one son, uh, one Wednesday when we had back in the day when we had mid, 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 midweek services. Uh, I was driving home, and three times I had this nagging feeling when the Holy Spirit spoke to me, "Go a different way." Usually I would go up uh, 95 to Route Three, and that day the Holy Spirit. I, I was kind of restless all afternoon, so I was just praying in the Holy Spirit got me to the place where I heard the Holy Spirit say, go a different way, go a different way, go a different way. So I went up Wind Street. I went up the back roads, which I don't like to do because, you know, classes are letting out, school's letting out, and there's lots of traffic. But when I got home, I just saw on the news that there was a 70-car pileup right on my exit, on Treble Cove exit right there on Route 3. Do you think God saved me? Spared me either at least an accident or insurance bills? Come on, somebody. He can alert you of things which are to come. But you need to receive that into your life. You need to welcome that. Say, Holy Spirit, I am available. If you put a burden on me to pray for my, fa- for my father, my mother, my child, my spouse, my husband, my wife, my fellow teammate at IFC, whatever the case, someone in my group, follow that. Learn to allow the Holy Spirit to use you in your life, especially in the area of prayer. I'll get close with these scriptures. There's other scriptures that, we're, that encourage us to persevere. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, it says, Watch, stand fast. Have you ever heard that word, stand fast? You ever read that in your Bible? Stand fast. What does that mean? It means to persevere. It means always in a position of standing. Stand fast in faith. Be bold like men. Ladies, that includes you. Be bold like men. Have some testosterone. Right? Be bold like men and be strong. Galatians 5.1 tells us, For freedom Christ freed us. Stand fast. There's that word again. Stand fast. Persevere. And do not be entangled with the past. Don't let the devil take you back. You've already made advancement. You've already taken step forwards in your life. Now's not the time to turn back. Keep pressing forward in what God has for your life. 2 Thessalonians 2.15 also says, Therefore, brothers, stand firm. King James says, stand fast. Persevere. And hold to the traditions which you have been taught. That's the Pauline traditions. That's what Paul teaches in the New Testament. All those New Testament epistles, all those wonderful promises, you've got to hold on to them. You've got to stand firm and persevere. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. How do I persevere? By confessing God's word. By praying in the Spirit. By praying with all manner of prayer and supplication. Amen. If you do that and you persevere, 
you're going to win your fights. You're going to win your battles. You're going to become a resilient, stalwart soldier in God's army. And you're going to be at the place where you can help someone else fight. We have people in our church, in our body, they need others to rally around them and help them fight the good fight of faith. Amen. You're here today. Maybe you're new here at IFC. Someone invited you to church or you've been maybe checking us out online, watching us online. You decided to come today. Or maybe you've been here for a couple of Sundays. You're still new, kind of just watching and observing, listening to the messages and so forth. But you've never prayed to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior into your life. Jesus will fight your battles for you. Jesus has answers for your life that doctors may not have, companies may not have, your financial planner might have answers. Jesus has answers for your life. He wants to walk with you in this journey of life. But He calls on you. God, the Father, calls on you to surrender your life to Him. He won't harm you. He has your best intentions in mind. He can only add to your life and bless your life. He has nothing but good things in store for your future. Why not surrender to Him? Why not say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. I give my life to you. You have an opportunity to do that today. You're not here by accident. Maybe you're watching online and you're hearing this for the very first time. You've never prayed the sinner's prayer. You can pray right there while you're watching online. So I'm going to ask every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never prayed to accept Christ or you're watching online and you've never prayed to accept Christ, today's your moment. Would you let me know that, Pastor Tom, that's me. I would like you to pray for me. And I will pray for you right where you're at from your seat. If that's you and I'm speaking to you loud and clear, would you raise your hand? I want to know who you are. God bless you, sir. Just raise your hand so I can see who you are. Anybody at all? Thank you, sir. You can put your hand down up at front. Thank you. Anybody at all? Just raise your hand. I see that hand in the middle. Thank you. I see the hand in the back. Thank you. This is your moment for God to move in your life. I see that hand. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Yes, I see that hand. And I sense the presence of God here. His presence is here. He loves you so much. He's got nothing but good things in store for your life. I'm going to ask that one more time. If you've never prayed to accept Christ into your life as personal Lord and Savior, you want to do that today with me, then raise your hand. Anybody else? Thank you, Father. Anybody at all? Okay. Now we're going to pray this simple prayer, and all of us are going to pray it. And those of you that raised your hand from your seat, you're going to pray this prayer. I want you to mean it with all your heart. Surrender your life. And say these words after me. We're all going to say it together. This is a prayer that we pray to accept Christ. Are you ready? Just close your eyes and mean it with all your heart. God in heaven, I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I believe God raised you from the dead. And I confess you as my Lord and Savior today. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for new life. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
today. Welcome to the family of God. Now, one thing you're going to learn as a fellow member of the family of God, that we take our stand and we fight. So stand with me. I'm going to lead you in a confession. And this has got to become habit with you. Those of you that prayed that prayer for the very first time, you're going to find this is how God empowers you by maintaining a good confession. Amen? Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God is in me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. In all things, in every test, in every challenge, I am more, more, more than a conqueror through him who loves me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm not going under. I'm going over because my father, he's my way maker. He'll make a way for me, whatever it takes, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit INCLFamilyChurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.